Welcome to the Helping Children Thrive podcast, where we talk about ways to improve your child's health and recovery. I'm your host, Momina Sili, and I'm a certified pediatric functional medicine health coach. At Helping Children Thrive, it is our aim to educate and empower parents and practitioners with integrative approaches to children's health conditions. Along with this hope that our children can recover, I welcome you all. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Helping Children Thrive, and this is season two. Um, In this season, I've decided to, um, as many of you might know through my Instagram, um, that I have taken a shift in my practice to working um, mostly with children with either with a diagnosis of ADHD or those children that present with symptoms um, of ADHD. And so I wanted this podcast also to kind of mirror that shift and to start um, uh, interviewing uh, people in that space. Today on the show, we have someone very special. Her name is Dana Kay. Um, and Dana and I have gotten to know each other recently um, through her work with um, children with ADHD. She actually is a mom who's recovered her son from ADHD. So a little bit about Dana. She is the author of an upcoming book called Thrive with ADHD. And she's a creator of the ADHD Thrive Method for Kids. Um, She's also a board certified holistic health practitioner. Um, Like I had mentioned, Dana has a son with ADHD, which is encouraged to help parents with ADHD. Um, children as well. And Dana's goal is to help families struggle, struggling with the same issues as hers, implementing a holistic and all natural family approach to their health and their wellness. So join me in welcoming Dana. Hi, Dana. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me today. So excited to have you on. Um, And so before I start, I always like to ask everyone what got them to do the the work that they do. So, you know, what inspired you to become a board certified holistic health coach? Yeah, look, um, there's always a story behind, you know, the inspiration that started someone's career. Honestly, when I was, uh, when I was growing up, uh, you know, how some people want to be a firefighter or a doctor. All I wanted to be was a businesswoman in an office. Um, and I uh, had that career. I was actually an accountant. Um, uh, but you know, I had children and when my oldest son was 18 months old, my gut told me there was something different about him. Uh, He seemed to have a lot more energy than other children his age and his meltdowns were just so much more uh, than, than the typical child. We'd be at the playground and I'd look over and I'd be so embarrassed at what my child was doing. But then, you know, all the other children were playing really, really nicely. And uh, so anytime I brought up my concerns with teachers or doctors, people would just dismiss it and say, oh, it's just normal. He's a typical boy. Uh, but, you know, as the years sort of pressed on, my my gut told me that something was, was off and his tantrums grew more and more severe and his teachers began to notice more difficulty in the classroom. Uh, we met with a developmental pediatrician when he was four and that's when he was officially diagnosed with ADHD. And the first thing they gave me was prescription medication. And 
honestly, I remember feeling really relieved and I was like, oh, I'm not going crazy. Like this is not my fault. There's something that's driving this. And, and when I filled that first prescription, I was thinking, yes, there's finally going to be peace in my house. Um, but unfortunately, uh, my feelings of relief were really short lived and, uh, as the dosage increased, so did the side effects and they, they were really awful and he wouldn't sleep at night. Uh, he lost weight. Um, he started to get really anxious and the, the doctor didn't really seem too concerned about it. And he just added another prescription on top of it. And by the time he was on three medications, um, this is when he was getting really serious anxiety. He gave me a fourth prescription and at that point i was like hold on yeah he's four this is this is not okay to be on four strong prescription medications you know uh, at one point in time i knew that something had to change and my gut told me there there had to be another way and you know i'm not against medication but this was just too much for my my son's tiny body and there's a time and place for it but this wasn't the right time and you know that's really what started my desire and passion to find other solutions and i just threw myself into the books i completed my holistic health degree um, in holistic health science multiple specific certifications in this particular area uh spent hours and hours and hours more like years and years you know just trying to find what the solution is and he is now in middle school he hasn't been on meds for years and he's thriving. He's a straight A student. And, you know, uh, I used to get calls from the school like pretty much a few times a week. And when that number flashed up on the phone, I would get these hot flashes that would run through my body just from the fear. Now, this this year, for example, I have not received a call from the school at all. Actually, I lied. Um, I did receive a call from the school. And when the number flashed up, I got this hot flash, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and I answered and it was like, oh, hi, just wanted to make sure that Oliver was coming to band practice, you know, on the weekend or whatever it was. I was like, yes he is <laughs> relief right yes so that's that's really you know what what drove my passion to get me into into my career um you know i left the accounting industry and i've been just so privileged to be able to work with you know close to a thousand families help them get to where i got to but without the trouble and the pain and the years it took me to get me to where i needed to go yeah, you know, I think a lot of families can connect with your story. You know, they go through this whole struggle of trying to get recognized by doctors, um, yes. trying to be heard. Um, and, and this whole idea of, and something that I've endorsed many times on this podcast and to parents that I work with, that, you know, hone into your, your gut instinct. There's always something that parents know that there's just something they can't, catch a sense of everyone's asking them to calm down everything is okay but that you can't quite quieten that that little noise somewhere that's telling you you know what 
my, my child needs more help. Um, yeah. and, and I think that they're just giving voice to that. And that's exactly what you did, right? At, at one point you decided to just step up for your child and say, this is not okay. Um, yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of parents can, um, can connect with, with your story. Um, you know, just, I wanted to dive a little bit more into the whole aspect of parenting um, children with ADHD, right? There's so many, I know that we will get into a lot of, um, you know, the the biomedical and the nutritional aspects of it, but more about what is it like in in a household with a child um, with ADHD? What are his needs? How are your needs as a parent met? How are the needs of of a sibling met, right? There's just so many dynamics to look at. There are so many um, aspects to look at and parenting a child with ADHD is tough. It is tiring. It is a lonely place. Um, I remember waking up uh, every morning dreading the day ahead. Um, what mood was my son going to be in? But, you know, I think the, the the parenting is so important. It's not just the biomedical. It's not the nu- not just the nutrition. I always like to talk uh, like baking a pie. You know, it's got all these ingredients in it. You know, we've got the nutrition ingredient. We've got the functional lab testing ingredient we've got the supplements there's also the parenting component of it and you know parenting a child with ADHD can be really really taxing on the parent-child relationship as well as the marriage and the sibling relationship and parental uh, therapy and coaching has really really been shown uh, to improve that child parent bond and and benefit for the entire family and so sometimes this can be a really critical piece or ingredient of the pie. Um, we actually just partnered, or not just, we had we partnered with a licensed family and child therapist um, who actually does a weekly group coaching call in our program. And we actually designed a program specifically for parents of children with ADHD called the ADHD Thrive Jumpstart for Parenting because it is such a critical piece of, that, of baking that pie. Um, and so, it, what the approach is we 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 it's more about responsive and practical approach um to parenting and this is exactly what i needed when my son's adhd symptoms were at his worth and 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 nothing worked for me like absolutely nothing and so it provides more of a like a proactive responsive parenting approach and definitely strengthens i suppose like this parental intuition yeah. uh in 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 parenting a child which is really focused on empathy uh, understanding yourself and your child and it really helps sort of develop a deeper awareness of our own feelings um thoughts and bodily sensations because i always say like you know food can actually make you feel a certain way inside your body and so this approach can also uh help families understand those sensations and support them and and really develop that greater awareness of the child's emotional experiences and needs and you know it provides like all of the tools and the ideas on how to respond to those tricky behaviors because it's it is really hard it's it's also hard on on the other child and so uh, you know on 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 siblings how to deal with that with a child with ADHD. And one of the biggest things that we that we teach is providing each child 
personal time with each parent. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, a family can do is so that other child, that other sibling isn't um, always left behind and isn't always the one that, you know, just has to fend for themselves. It's really creating that bond without. And so this, this new way of thinking and approach really helped me change the way me and my husband parent um, as well as, you know, parenting the child without ADHD as well. Uh, and honestly, the way that we react um, will very much determine the outcome of the situation. Yeah, no. And then I think just hearing you say that also, um, one thing that that really stands out for me is, is what this approach does for the child who has ADHD as well, right? Because a lot of times they live this um, with, at least within their own mind, they feel they've got all these negative thoughts about themselves, right? That, yep. that we're either bad or naughty or, yes. or that we're the ones who are creating all the ruckus and the, you know, just mm-hmm. everything is wrong for them. Yeah. And so it's just giving them so much more strength and giving them so much more autonomy as well yeah. of, um, and, but at the same time, letting them know it's okay. Right. Um, letting them know that it's, it's something that's beyond their person. Um, and, and it's, it's bigger than that, but that yeah. they can thrive and, and it's not their fault. Totally. I mean, one of the biggest things that we talk about in the program, um, well, I will say that kids with ADHD tend to receive 20,000 more negative messages per year than a typical child. So if you think about that, that is a lot and that's hard on their self-esteem. And so one of the tactics that we talk about in the program is filling up that bucket. And so, uh, you know, for, for every negative, um, for every negative um, uh, message that they've received, you want to double it and give them two positive ones. And so filling up their daily bucket with those positive ones is is really, really important to ensure that they just don't lack that self-esteem, that they're not current, not constantly hearing those only those negative messages. Yeah, and especially um, as they get older and, and they're they're going to higher grades, they're surrounded by by all kinds of kids, right? And then there'll be some kids that are not very kind to them. And so, you know, that just, I love that concept of, of giving two positives in return for one, because it just fills up their bucket so much more. I really like that. I think just, um, just going on with that, like just let's talk about more about what your program is. And so you, mm-hmm. you're you a great proponent of, of nat- natural approaches to ADHD. Yes. And so yes. what does that look like? Yeah, so I really advocate a, a food first approach. Um, when children are diagnosed with ADHD, the first course of treatment um, that most doctors is given is that prescription Uh, and many of them like don't even tell parents that altering the diet can significantly reduce symptoms and that was what happened with with my son when he was diagnosed our doctor didn't mention a single other thing that gave instead and just gave us that prescription and so unfortunately for us it did more more harm than good and with each new prescription there was a new side effect and then another medication to counteract the side effect. And so, you know, when I decided no more, that's when I started learning about the effects of gut health on ADHD symptoms, um, how when we heal the gut, 
ADHD symptoms are reduced or removed completely. And that's why I recommend a food first approach to all of the families that I work with, because food for a lot of kids can actually heal that gut. And people don't realize that. Uh, I would say 50% of the families that I work with, we change the diet their symptoms reduce so much, we don't need to go any further. Now, we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but the other 50%, we we change the diet. Yes, they have really good response, but we know there's something deeper that we need to investigate. And so, um, you know, if parents really want to reduce ADHD symptoms in their children, they need to do something much more than just giving them a supplement or a pill. And supplements can be effective and so can medication. But if children continually eat processed, highly inflammatory foods like gluten, dairy, soy, um, these ADHD symptoms are not going to go away because the foods we eat are exacerbating those symptoms. So food first really means then rather trying to find that magical pill that's going to fix a child, we clean up the diet instead. And so in doing this, we really reduce inflammation and then the symptoms start to reduce because we're really getting to the bottom of what's causing the symptoms in the first place. Yeah. How in your practice have you um, encountered um, resistance, especially from parents, you know, children I get because it's something difficult to change everything in and, and what they know. A lot of these kids are very uh, have very like restrictive palates. They like to stick to the few foods that they love to eat, um, especially when it's dairy, especially when it's sugar, especially when it's um, gluten. But how have you um, worked with with parents to kind of you know get them on? Yeah. Look, it's all about education, and honestly, we speak to every family before they actually come on into our program because we don't work with everyone. Um, uh, We want to know their commitment to the process. And if they're not anything, if they're anything less than 10 out of 10, then we won't work with them because it does need to have that family approach and families need to be on board. And so, you know, one of the application in working with questions is, is the mum willing to make dietary changes? Is the dad willing to make dietary changes? Are all the caregivers willing to make dietary changes? And if they answer no, then we are like, no, sorry. Um, It's probably not the right time to work with us. When you're ready, please come back to us and apply again. And so, you know, to to start, we don't work with people that don't want to make those changes. Um, Secondly, it's all about that education. The first thing that we teach the parents is why. Why is gluten bad? Why is dairy bad? Why is soy bad? And when you know the why, you're more likely to follow through. You're more likely to have chances of success. Yeah. And how have you seen changes in children once they do get off all of these foods? Oh, the changes are absolutely immense. Like I could rattle off so many stories about what happens when you remove these inflammatory foods and you then replace them with these whole micronutrient rich foods. Um, that's when they really start to see changes. And sometimes it's within a week. And and I'm constantly amazed by these families that put in just this hard work and then start to see these res- 
these these changes like the tantrums they start to weaken and be fewer and farther in between uh the kids palates open up so you think you've got a picky eater i mean i've worked with picky eaters trust me like you know i get a lot of parents saying well you haven't met my child i'm like yes i have trust me um you know their palates open up as as soon as they start trying new foods as soon as we can you know uh, start to reduce inflammation in the body they are able to sit better um, at school. They can focus easier. They can manage their emotions. One mum told me that her son's handwriting even improved. Actually, two yeah. parents. I've actually got the I've actually got the sample of before and after, and it's really, really amazing how much gut health, how much reducing inflammation in the body can affect other areas of our lives. One mum in particular that had the most amazing story, her children had been suspended 37 times in the previous year before working with me. After just changing the diet, we didn't even go deeper. Um, after removing those inflammatory foods from their diets, the next year they had zero suspensions and were actually getting awards for their good behavior, um, which is amazing. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Yeah. Um, another family. I think one thing that you hear a lot of parents constantly ask, and I think that's something that comes up when you say that is how quickly can we see change? And, um, yeah. and, and like you said, it, it, it can be a week, but it can also take a little bit of time, but it really depends yeah. on the level of change of a family. Yeah. Look, it's, it's definitely, uh, um, the change in the family, the approach, the, you know, how long and how quickly they're going to do it. I don't tell people to rush at all as slow, small steps, but, um, another thing is, you know, every kid, body's different as well. Some kids are more highly reactive to gluten. And so it can take, you know, three to six months for the body to stop reacting to gluten, but then some families, you know, they can take it out within two weeks. You've got a different child. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where like that whole individual approach to every child, um, yeah. you know, just kicks in. And, and, and that's where like where your second phase of, um, of your program kicks in, right, where you do a lot of testing to figure out what is really underneath it all. Yeah, definitely. So like, as I said, about 50% of the families that we work with, um, we change the diet and we don't need to go further. But uh, so diet is always where we start. But for the other half, um, testing is necessary. And um, that's where we really look inside the body to what's going on. Um, and so we do do some functional lab testing. We look at the gut because the gut brain connection is massive. And, you know, the brain has many areas that are involved in gut function. But one of the main areas, is the frontal lobe and it talks to the gut via nerve branches and two-way chemical messengers and the frontal lobe is involved in things like attention and focus and executive function and planning and all of these are common symptoms of adhd but i think the biggest kicker for me is the gut is responsible for making 95 percent of our serotonin and 50 percent of our dopamine which are our happy feel-good neurotransmitters or hormones that help regulate our emotions and maintain our mood balance and our cognitive function and again these are massive areas that most kids with adhd have problems with. So the gut is super, super important. We also look at food um, 
food sensitivity because you can't heal the gut if you're still creating inflammatory responses in the body. Uh, so we do that. We also look at organic acids, uh, which is a urine test, which looks at these neurotransmitters, the serotonin, the dopamine, the norepinephrine and epinephrine. Um, it also looks at some really important B vitamins, uh, yeast, mold, uh, lots of um, uh, markers there. There's over 70 in that one test. And then the final thing that we look at, and these are just the sort of starting labs. Some kids, we only need to do the starting labs. Some that have more complicated issues, we may need to do some more. But the final one's a cryptopyrrol test. And um, pyrroles is a, a normal chemical byproduct in the body that attaches to vitamin B6 and zinc, and it draws these elements out of the body um, and excreted through the urine. And so if someone has the elevated urine cryptopyrrole levels, it results in that dramatic deficiency of zinc and B6. But the thing is, when you've got these cryptopyrroles, um, the symptoms that can come from it are things like, you know, uh, poor tolerance to physical and emotional stress, poor anger control, mood swings, poor short term memory, sensitivity to light and sound. And again, all of these <laughs> are very strong symptoms of ADHD. And so when we get that information, we personalize a specific protocol for that child that, you know, talks about lifestyle changes, you know, toxin reduction, diet modification and targeted supplementation based specifically on what we find. Yeah. I like that. It's, you know, there's just not one size fits all for everybody. It's, yeah. um, you know, it starts off with like a vital funnel of diet and lifestyle, but then you kind of just yeah. take it down to personalize it even more so that every kid kind of gets the best out of, um, out of what you have to offer. Um, what is, and I know that, you know, I think you, you mentioned earlier um, that the ages that you work with start from three, if I'm not wrong. So from four is four usually four. What, what what we say. Um, we go all the way up to teens, but, you know, if you can get it before the age of 12, like you've got greater success, but it's not hopeless if you go up, up higher either. Uh, you just need to make sure with teens that they're more on board uh, because obviously they've got access to their own money. They get access to their friends a lot more. Um, and so we, we work with all, but, you know, getting them younger is the better. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's kind of what I wanted to get onto, like how can parents um, take action early, right? Where can they first pinpoint a lot of the signs and symptoms and then how can they move forward with that? Yeah, look, I, I think that really uh, understanding what the signs and symptoms are of ADHD um, and, you know, things like being un unable to sit still, uh, that that constant fidgeting, uh, really that hyperactive, unable to concentrate, uh, emotional dysregulation is a big one, aggression, um, uh, yeah, excessive physical movement. So really understanding what those signs and symptoms are. But at the end of the day, you don't need a diagnosis. The only reason you would need a diagnosis is if you have, um, uh, you need special support at school, which is important if you need that, or if you want medication. And so look, if you feel that you've got those those symptoms, um, start with diet, you know, yeah. start with making small, slow changes. When the child's younger, it is super easy to start making small, slow changes. But I will say to every family out there, Rome was not built in a day and you do not need to make all of these changes in a day either. And so you need to really just give yourself permission 
to take things slow. You know, if that's one change a week, that's okay. If that's one change every two weeks for your family, that's okay. Um, Making small little slow changes is not that hard. You'll turn around and all of a sudden you'll be gluten, dairy and soy free and it's your new normal. It's your life. It's easy when it becomes your new normal. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, so we were just talking about there are all these signs and symptoms that parents um, can talk about. And especially like with, from your story that from, from what we heard was that it's something that's discounted very easily by um, by teachers and doctors and um, just people around you. They always tell you, oh, no, your child is, is totally typical and normal. When you start to feel that way, right, um, and, and, you rec- and you encourage the people that you work with to just start with, with, with the diet. How have you seen, um, you know, how would you rec- encourage parents to start doing that? Yeah, look, um, uh, I, I would say that you've got to pick which way is sort of going to work for you. Um, we have some families that start with one product at a time. Uh, and so they may start with snacks when one finishes then they get a better alternative. Um, We have some families that start with breakfast. And so let's change our breakfast. Let's be comfortable with breakfast being gluten, dairy, and soy free. Um, And when we're comfortable with that, let's move on to lunches. Uh, Or we have some families that may start with one dinner a week. You know, if you write down the dinners that you actually make every week, you might find that you can just do these small little tweaks to the dinner that you're used to, to make them much better for the children. I also say that at the end of the day, if you're going to replace packaged goods with packaged goods, it's not going to get you to where you need to go. So gluten, dairy, soy free, and, you know, artificial flavors. I could go on and on about what, you know, what we prefer not to eat versus what we prefer to eat, but gluten, dairy, soy free at the end of the day, is not healthy unless you're replacing it with all of those amazing foods that can feed that brain. But don't feel like you've got to do it alone. And, you know, that was really the hardest thing for me. I literally cut every single thing out on day one. And I uh, thought to myself, okay, I can do this. But I had panic attack after panic attack, after panic attack. And it was the worst thing that I actually did. And I remember the first week I did it, I, you know, had literally thrown away everything in my cupboard. And I remember sitting on the floor uh, crying uh, because I didn't know what I was going to feed my family and thinking to myself about the expense. And I can tell you, my husband was not too happy about it. So really what I teach families is, you know, as I said before, Rome wasn't built in a day one small slow step to get you to where you need to go it's following that step-by-step plan or approach um to really get you to where you need to go and not being afraid to ask for help because uh you know it took me years of education and experience to be able to do this with my family uh and if only i had someone like me uh back in the day i would have got to where i needed to go so much quicker and without so much pain and really that's why i got into what i got into because it really doesn't need to be that hard you know there's no right or wrong way of doing things but it's definitely important to go slow and to make the changes at a pace that won't overwhelm you or your family 
Yeah, and I can totally speak to that as well. Um, you know, just working, having a plan, having just an understanding of what is expected, um, and then kind of also keeping in view not just your own, but your family's expectations as well, because it's hard with these children. They're already going through so much. And yeah. to literally like just pull the rug out from underneath them with saying, okay, we're just going to do everything different this week yeah. and, and from now on out it gets really hard. And so making that one little change at a time just kind of helps you a, make it sustainable, right? Because how easy is that um, to take everything out? But then when you have no idea what to replace that with, um, when you go back to the grocery store next time, you're going to end up buying the same thing again, because you have no idea what to replace that with. Or you're, you know, when you're, when you just don't feel like cooking, you end up going through the drive-through at McDonald's uh, because you just don't know what to feed them with. So yeah, I totally agree. Also, it is very true that you need to take the children on the journey with you. It's not just about dumping it on, on them. We recently came out with a program, which is called the ADHD Thrive Method Kids Edition. And so for all the parents that are going through our program, to help their children, we've actually got a program that the kids go through so they can understand in their own language uh, why they're doing what they're doing and they can have someone else tell them rather than mum and dad. You know, when someone else tells them, okay, this is why we're doing what we're doing, they're much more likely to go, okay, I can understand that. But also my son's in there. Um, there's other kids that have been through our program that are in there. Um, and so they don't feel alone. Uh, and this, that was, it was on my to-do list for so long. I so wanted to come out with that program. We put so much time and energy in it to make sure that it was good because we want these kids to thrive and we know that this can help them do it along with the parents making the changes. I know that, that just sounds like one, it just sounds absolutely amazing. And I think um, giving kids the opportunity to just speak their mind and have their questions answered, not by mom and dad. I think that mm -hmm. is a game changer. And I think a lot of us can understand that. Um, how many of us always think on, on a daily basis or even tell our teachers, like, I don't know why he listens to you or she listens to you, but she never yes. listens to me. Exactly. And so it's like that whole idea of just kind of separating the parents away from, um, you know, these, these big decisions that um, you bring kids on board with. Uh, one other thing that I've seen that's helped is just bringing kids into the kitchen and, and helping them, getting them yes. to help you. And so explaining to them and teaching them this whole concept of food and how it nourishes you. Um, I think they learn hands-on more. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right. We've actually got um, inside our kids uh, edition, we have um, a, a, a person that specializes in teaching kids to cook. She actually gets in there. She's got a video in there her working with her children making um, uh, brownies. And so the kids can actually make brownies with her uh, because that's so true. You've got to get those kids into the kitchen so they really can get hands on and bought into the whole process. And when they make the food and when they see what goes into it and then they eat, eat it at the end, you know, it's so much more um, beneficial and, under, and, you know, it helps them understand um, the whole process. And, and the ingredients that go into it, right? So they yes. understand that it's not just like regular flour. It's mm -hmm. one that's gluten-free and what kind of gluten-free ones are good for you. And yes. so you're already empowering and educating them because it's not just about feeding them when 
they're, um, you know, when they're little and they're under your control, but it's really preparing them for their teen years and when they're older, right? When they leave, um, exactly. it's not like these diagnoses kind of, it, some portions of it carry forward when you are adults to some sense, because if you let go of your, of your diet in some sense, you will always feel something, even if it's mm-hmm. not like the intensity of your feeling of, of, of your symptoms from your childhood coming back, but there's just always something. And so just that understanding and recognizing um, the, the, the role that nutrition has. And if you start that from such an early age, it has such a great impact going forward. Yeah. For their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And it will impact so many other people as well. Yeah, no, everyone else that comes into their life, right? So it's it's something that keeps on giving. Yes. Well, I'm so grateful that you were able to take your time out and come and join us today and tell us so many good things about your program. Um, Where can families reach out to you for all of these programs that you have? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I love to be able to talk to especially other practitioners that work with kiddos as well because it is you know, just so rewarding, but also it's being able to see that next generation thrive. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, just such a passion of mine, especially cause I went through it and I know how hard it is for these kiddos and for these parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my business is called ADHD thrive Institute. And so you can find me on the web at adhdthriveinstitute.com. I'm on Instagram at ADHD thrive Institute, Facebook at ADHD thrive Institute, YouTube, ADHD Thrive Institute. You can see the common theme here. Um, I'm even on TikTok, which I really didn't want to do, but I was told that I have to do things that are out of my comfort zone. So I'm there too at ADHD Thrive Institute. So don't go and check me out there. Um, uh, no, no you I'm can't. sure it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's where you can find me um, and I'm more than happy. We always talk with families and you know, we, we have a free Facebook group actually called the ADHD Parent Nutrition Support Group. And there's nine, oh, close to 20,000 members in there now and um, I get in there uh, two to three times a week to do training for free. Uh, we share recipes, but also just that parents can find support from other parents uh, going through the same things that they're going through. Yeah, a community is such- an important part of all of this so I'm so grateful for all that you're doing for all these kids and their families thank you thank you for coming on thanks for having me I hope you enjoyed our conversation today thank you for listening to this podcast and spending your precious time with us at helping children thrive if you find this podcast helpful please share it with your family friends and others who may benefit if you haven't already Hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast on the review section of Apple Podcast. This will help other parents, caregivers, and professionals find this show more easily. Visit momenasaleemcoaching.com to post comments on today's show or ask any questions about upcoming episodes. And sign up to receive a weekly update. Helping Children Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare professional. The information shared here is not intended to diagnose and treat your child. Before implementing anything discussed here on the podcast, make sure to consult your healthcare practitioner. See you all next week.